Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain and Anne Guest. Welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. This is episode 125. Uh, we're recording slightly earlier than we do most weeks, um, for various reasons, uh, which may be revealed uh, next week. Uh, but right now, let's jump into uh, into this episode. I'm Paul Spain, and with me is... Bill Bennett. Welcome along, Bill. Always good to have you on the podcast. You too, Paul. Like being here. And uh, to fill in uh, those that maybe aren't regular listeners or don't know uh, who you are or where you fit into the uh, the world of uh, technology and tech journalism, uh, maybe you can just give a, a, a little uh, mini background. I'm a tech journalist. I write. I'm a freelance, so I work for lots of people, including uh, management magazine, New Zealand Business, and some various sites in Australia and so on as well as my own site, which is um, billbennett.co.nz. Excellent. Well, let's, uh, let's jump right in. Now, uh, first topic of discussion uh, is the new Ford Cougar Titanium, uh, which I've been having a little bit of a, a, well, I guess you'd call it a test drive of over the last few days. And the reason that, uh, that we like to, uh, to test drive cars from time to time on the uh, New Zealand Tech Podcast is because more and more these uh, these vehicles are really becoming uh, tech gadgets, aren't they, Bill? Well, yeah, they're filled up with technology. I mean, the thing is, is you need a computer science degree to fix a damn car these days. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, yeah, they're not as simple as they uh, as they once were. Um, well, the uh, yeah, the the new Ford Cougar. Now, there's a whole lot of uh, technology in this that we have probably discussed uh, when reviewing some of the previous uh, you know Ford uh, Ford vehicles in the past. Uh, but uh, but yeah, a few a few changes as well, a few uh, a few new bits and pieces uh, that are st- you know coming through in, in this particular one, Inco- including the um, swipe. Yes, so uh, you know we're used to having gestures to control our our smartphones and uh, and our tablets, and uh, now there is the idea of a foot gesture uh, uh, and, to and communicate with your uh, with your car, and that's not kicking it. <laughs> no, no. In fact, at first, I before I'd uh, I'd looked up how you controlled this particular feature. I wondered whether, uh, yeah, there was another way of doing it. And uh, when when I realised it was as as simple as a foot gesture, uh, I was yeah, I was quite quite pleasantly surprised. So I guess I should uh, I should fill listeners in on on what that foot gesture was and what it related to. Uh, when you when you're coming up to your car boot, sometimes you're carrying a you know a bunch of stuff and you don't have any hands free to uh, to open the boot so what uh, what Ford have done and I believe Mercedes have done this uh, as well uh, is they've enabled a feature whereby you can just uh, you know wave your foot under the bumper it's like doing the hokey cokey isn't it it is it is you just wiggle your foot around uh, you've got to have your uh, your key in your pocket and that's within proximity to the vehicle so it knows that uh, hey the owner is uh, you know is close to the vehicle if it senses that and then sees that uh, swipe of the foot under the bumper um, then the powered boot will uh, will open up and um, you know and lift itself up so that you can put your uh, your goods in the boot and then another swipe and it will close the boot for you as well which saves you you pressing the button on the key yep and there's a well, and there's a button on the back on the boot as well so uh yeah it just gives you it gives you another way of doing it yeah i think i think jaguar might have something similar as well actually 
But then Jaguar is Ford. Oh, no, it's not anymore, is it? No. No, no. no. It's um, Indian-owned, isn't yeah. it? Ta- 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 yeah, Tata now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so some interesting, um, you know, interesting to see these, uh, you know, these new features coming through. Uh, now, the, the Cougar, it's an interesting vehicle. It's sort of, uh, uh, um, um, yeah, sort of a mini SUV in a, in a, in a way. Uh, you know, it's not a particularly huge car, and um, I think the pricing on it starts at around uh, around forty um, forty thousand. Uh, quite a small um, quite a small engine. There's a, there's a couple of options um, now. I believe all of the models are, are all wheel drive or, or four wheel drive, uh, but um, they're between. They've got a um, one point six liter um, EcoBoost petrol engine and a two liter uh, diesel engine as the uh, uh, as the options. But but um, you know, quite peppy for uh, you know for for such a small mo- motor, um, and um, yeah, I, you know, I found found it to be uh, to be you know pretty good when you need a little bit of power. It was certainly there. Anything special, different on the console? Um, there's there's uh, a couple of a couple of screens there. It uses the Ford Sync technology, which is the uh, uh, technology that they've um, developed in partnership with. Well, Microsoft have de- developed yeah. in partnership with them, and I think there's one or two other uh, car vendors now that or manufacturers that uh, that use this as well. Uh, they've got things like their um, uh, Active Park Assist. You've got the blind spot information system, which uh, you know flashes a, a, a light if there's in the mirror. So you look in the mirror, you might not be able to see someone, but it's alerting you that there could be somebody in your blind spot. Uh, you know, obviously that keyless uh, entry, and you know you don't have to put a key in the ignition to start the engine. You just hit the hit the start button, and so on. Um, so yeah, th- those things are, uh, are are quite nice. The Ford Sync capability is really good uh, in terms of its voice recognition, uh, although that hasn't changed in uh, you know in this release from the one we tested uh, uh, a few months uh, a few months ago. Uh, you know, very, very, um, uh, or pretty much identical there in terms of uh, in terms of capabilities. Uh, but what one of the things that they have done is a lot of these tech features that were only available in the titanium uh, models, which are you know fifty thousand or fifty three thousand up. Um, they've now moved those down so they're available in the in the trend model, uh, which starts at um, four three nine nine zero, so uh, forty three thousand nine hundred ninety. Um, so th- those things that were very much yeah. real premium features, you were paying another you know, nine thousand between the trend model and the titanium, uh, and, and now you know just just a little step above the um, you know the the base model. So it makes them really accessible. It's probably a couple of grand's worth of computer in there. Yeah, there's yeah. some there's some there's some pretty good kit. So yeah, yeah and it's only it's four thousand dollars more for the trend model over the uh, over the base model. So I, I think that delivers some quite uh, some quite buys good value. The base model. Nobody buys the base model. I don't know. I don't but, know. Maybe for fleets and things like that yeah. is where they, where they sell that uh, where they sell that stuff. So uh, yeah, but I thought that 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 was good because you you were always paying quite a big premium to get that uh, that you know the top of the line um, model. So yeah, nice nice to have that. Uh, um, you know those bits and pieces becoming broadly available, and yeah, you've got you know those those things that alert you when you're uh, you know sliding out of your lane. Uh, you've got also the um, you know the automatic uh, lights and windscreen wipers, so those things sort of just come on. At, at, no downloadable as, as apps yet. There, well, there is an app capability with Ford Sync, but in this initial international version, uh, that feature 
uh, doesn't seem to be operational for the New Zealand market yet. Yeah. Um, I would imagine that they're going to have a software update in the future that will probably turn that on if it's anything like what we've seen in the US market. And there, there are you know updates available mm-hmm. via plugging in a USB stick to uh, to update that forward sync capability. So, yeah, I'm I'm hopeful that's what we'll uh, that's what we'll see here at the moment because uh, yeah, although that app capability uh, yeah looks as though it's there, uh, we're we're told that that's not uh, not yet relevant uh, for for our market here. So. An area to uh, to wait and see, but kind of cool, um, you know. In the future, having that ability to uh, to, yeah. to have apps in, in your uh, in your car. Uh, now, uh, jumping along, there's been um, a bit of a stir going on around um, what robots might be able to do in the future. I guess uh, you, you caught this story, uh, Bill. Uh, there's there's a campaign now. Uh, to uh, to set in place some, I guess, some global guidelines uh, that would uh, would would set rules for what uh, robots are allowed to uh, autonomously do when it comes to uh, when it comes to warfare and killing people. Yeah, mm. and it's basically about robots not killing people. It's um, it's all a bit Isaac Asimov, isn't it? The uh, three laws of robotics and thou shall not kill humans or whatever. Well, however that was formulated in the books. Um, it's it's obviously something that we need to start thinking about. We've reached that point where the robots are up to it. Mm, absolutely. The issue is, is where do robots stop and things like drones start? You know, it's not, there's not really, it's, it's something of a continuum between the, the types of technology. So we tend to think in terms of robots as being Daleks or Terminator or, you know, humanoid type things. But actually... You know, a drone flying over Afghanistan is in effect another robot. Mm, so absolutely, I think the uh, you know the, one of the differentiators there with the the drones is that they're they're generally manned by somebody who just isn't inside uh, inside the drone. So they're sitting back at a base somewhere and controlling it. So they're not autonomous in terms. They're of, not entirely yeah, autonomous, yeah. are they? So I guess that you know the concern is is when you when you set up a drone and say, hey, you go and you know do ABC on on its own and then you know we we push that forward a few years to well there's nobody saying do abc the abc is just you know programmed in from the get-go which is look if you if you find uh you know bin laden you find you know any of these taliban whoever whoever the targets are and, and whatever those um you know uh, those instructions look like you know go ahead and uh, and do that you don't need to check back for uh, for verification uh, j- just do it or you know all that potential um, yeah risk that uh, well it's all about the potential risk of things going wrong isn't it with that programming yeah. not being quite accurate and, and as we well know from uh, you know other things that have happened in uh, in New Zealand recently we know it can be reasonably hard to get uh, programming to achieve exactly want what we want whether it's uh you know paying uh, people's uh, wages and 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 salaries or or, or what it is the it's technology a, doesn't always live up to the dream does it it's a whole new meaning of the blue screen of death yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which we shouldn't really be laughing at because it's quite serious but, it is um but one of the things about this is is there's also a danger about the you know, the outsourcing of this kind of thing to um to robots um, it's kind of delegating responsibility. Mm, scares me a bit. Well, yeah, and it's uh, probably reasonably hard to, um, you know, 
uh, take litigation against a robot should a robot misbehave? It might be hard to argue with one as well. <laughs> no, no, it's not me. It's him down the corridor. It depends whether it's a Dalek or yeah, uh, yeah what form of robot you're dealing with. So yeah, uh, so yeah, that will be an interesting one to uh, one to watch. But you know, basically, what what we've seen is uh, you know this group is is, camp- is campaigning um, that that there be uh, you know some uh, you know some rules uh, put in place, and this is being uh, being led by Human Rights Watch. Uh, the campaign was launched uh, in London uh, last week. So uh, next up, well, now we've just heard news today, and I guess it's it's, it's not necessarily uh, big news because I think we were you know reasonably aware this this was sort of the trend, but it's been uh, it's certainly been uh, con- confirmed today that um, by the Commerce Commission, I believe that uh, um, our internet. Usage or, or demand for uh, for uh, data from the internet um, is doubling year on year at, at the moment, and that's that's on landline internet and mobile data as well. Is is they're both doubling at about the same pace, um, and that's pretty much in line with what we've experienced personally, isn't it, Paul? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, as I've done, as I've moved into using more video, probably using up a lot more than you know double year on year yeah. and we were just talking before about how uh, you know if netflix if i don't dial down the setting on 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 netflix at home uh, it's very easy to shoot through my 200 gig uh, you know data cap that i have on vodafone so i've had to actually drop the quality down a little bit so as not to uh, hit that all the time yeah we probably don't watch as much as you because we don't have a, a youngster in the house but um, um we're still getting through a lot of video in a month and, and and this is just going to go on. I mean, I think we're going to see it double probably. I mean, the thing about these numbers is they're a bit old, actually. They they were up until June 2012. So we're only a few weeks away from, you know, the, the following period. But I think we can reasonably assume that the numbers will be, you know, roughly can, can, in line with continue that. Continue doubling year. again. So yeah. if we look back, they were talking about uh, to uh, to June last year that the average uh, fixed line, you know, home uh, Broadband connection was consuming uh, 19 gigs worth of uh, data per month. Going back a year, it was it was 10 gigs. So you, yeah. you're thinking that uh, you know it would be fair to say we're probably in that 35 to 40 gigs as a as a as an average right across the country. Yeah, yeah. It might be it might be slightly at the low end of that because I I don't see people getting higher definition apart from people like yourself with a Netflix account. Um, maybe so much, but um, but I think yeah, we're, we're certainly looking at you know doubling roughly doubling mm. year on year i mean i think i'm seeing you know a, a lot more video consumption by maybe people that weren't consuming you know online video to any great degree you know in the past i mean youtube is just so mainstream i, uh, I, I go out of my way to avoid it not because i'm video adverse but because i'm usually trying to write something and it just yeah. stops me from doing any work right, right. <laughs> fair enough <laughs> Uh, but you know we're going to consume more and more of our entertainment via you know online uh, mediums yeah. and uh, you know online training and information. I mean, you walked in before and uh, I bumped something, and, and suddenly a uh, you know a, a video on uh, you know some some analytics methods sort of you know yeah. jumped up and started playing in the you know in the in the background. And yeah, I think the amount of web video you know I consume has certainly uh, you know increased a lot, and the quality of it has improved dramatically oh, over the past couple of yeah, years. Yeah, completely. I mean, and, and our family is now using um, FaceTime 
regularly probably a couple of times a week now mm, mm. Um, but we're on when I say a couple of times a week we're talking about a couple of hours a week mm, of it. Mm. Um, and Skype have talked about their numbers growing dramatically over over that same sort of uh, period haven't they yeah, so we're yeah. seeing you know all of these various um, you know mechanisms for uh, uh, you know, video and 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 voice uh, calling online just uh, you know growing at a dramatic rate. Yeah, it means I've got to shave before I start work at home. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, recently, I guess yeah, just um, just a, a couple of weeks back was um, the the NAB event or National Association of Broadcasters event in uh, in, in Vegas. Um, Sadly, no one decided to uh, you know to to fly us off to uh, to Vegas <laughs> for for the week. Uh, but there was one uh, one one snippet that's uh, actually just come onto my radar in the in the last few days, which was unfortunately not a New Zealand company, um, but an Australian company that's uh, that's doing some interesting stuff. And of course, all the big names were were at NAB that are you know very well known in the you know professional video s- space, and that's that's. That, you know, um, or the professional video market, um, you know, that we expect to be there. You know, Panasonic and Sony and uh, uh, newer, newer upstarts like uh, um, uh, startups like Red, who are, I guess have established themselves pretty well uh, in uh, in that video camera area. Uh, I know, you know, the the Red uh, cameras have, uh, have you know have been well used by. Uh, uh, by Peter Jackson and has gained some uh, some notoriety there, uh, but a company called uh, Black Magic uh, Design, I think, uh, out of uh, out of Melbourne, but uh, but Australian based, and uh, some quite innovative uh, looking cameras there. Uh, one of them uh, just looks like a um, you know a, a sort of a, a, a pocket uh, um, you know camera, but uh, you can put. Put these huge sort of filmmaker uh, style lenses on this thing. Uh, it does full high definition uh, video, and it's a thousand uh, US US dollars, and you know apparently pretty outstanding in uh, in, in terms of the quality uh, that it's that it's able to uh, to so, get. So have image stabilization. Um, I'm not sure that I'm not sure that it does, but this is one that's been you know designed to you know well they've they've shown it sort of sitting on a. Uh, you know, on a tripod with a yeah. massive lens on it, so you can take this small little camera uh, and, and actually do you know very professional um, work with it. But I, I possibly it would use image stabilization built into the lens, which is uh, yeah. you know one one of the things that they. Uh, I'm kind they of in do. love with that technology now. It's pretty. It's pretty handy, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't have shaky hands or anything. I wouldn't want people to think that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but they just look so much better. Mm, mm. Um, so yeah, anyone that's involved in uh, you know in that in that film and um, yeah the professional end of it, um, it's worth looking the, these guys up. Um, and their other their other uh, camera, this is the 4K resolution, and we've been hearing a lot about 4K TVs. Well, they've got this 4K um, uh, camera called the Blackmagic Production 4K, uh, which comes in at US uh, you know four thousand dollars. And, uh, Appropriately, hey? Yeah, yeah, and uh, that look that looks pretty cool too. Now, I'm I'm sure that uh, you know whatever's coming through from you know from the big boys is going to be very uh, you know very competitive as well. Um, but I'd, I'd be interested to uh, um, you know hear from anybody that works in this area uh, whether these uh, whether these new uh, new products coming um, you know coming out uh, down under 
are uh, you know are really uh, are really relevant in the industry. But well, well, uh, the potential for youngsters is amazing. I mean, when I was that age, when I was young, you needed a rich daddy to be able to make films. Mm, um, yeah. Well, being able to shoot digitally, so you're not having to you know pay for all of the processing yeah. and so on, and. Uh, yeah, okay. I mean, of course, this doesn't; these don't include the lenses, uh, no. but you know, certainly for people working on YouTube type productions and, and at that sort of level, um, you know, pretty interesting. And, and it'll be uh, yeah, it'll be fascinating to see whether uh, you know these low cost cameras will uh, you know will actually get picked up for for TV and uh, and and film work, or whether people will stick with the you know the names like Panasonic that are uh, um, you know just just so well known and so established. And you know, probably cover a lot more bases than than what a little player like uh, like Blackmagic Design are able to do. But a grand time, I mean, you can't argue. <laughs> no, worth worth uh, worth the punt just to have a look. Right? Yeah. Uh, now um, we chatted on the we've chatted on the podcast a couple of times about this new um, HP Slate, which is a seven inch uh, tablet Android tablet coming out from uh, from HP. Now apparently it's almost here uh, in New Zealand. It's just on the verge of launching uh, internationally. Uh, now last time we mentioned that um, the price had gone up from the original two hundred and twenty nine dollar uh, price that we were alerted to. Uh, and the initial uh, announcement had gone up to two hundred and ninety nine dollars. Uh, well, somewhere in the last uh, in the last few weeks, that price has gone back down to two hundred and twenty nine dollars. Uh, so, if you are looking for a reasonably low cost uh, tablet, um, then the uh, the HP Slate is uh, is probably back black, back on the uh, uh, the drawing board for uh, for consideration. It's not got a super high uh, high resolution screen, but it does have um, yeah, I think a three megapixel camera on the rear and and an okay uh, camera on the front. What do you think about this, Bill? Fabulous for education, I think. That's the, the price. Ed- the education market. I mean, you can send your kids to school with uh, t- what two hundred and thirty baht Android tablet. You're not going to be worried about it getting smashed. Well, you are, but you're not going to be wor- yeah. as worried about as much a grand's worth mm. tablet. Um, I think for, I think that's where it's going to really score. But it, what I'm also interested to know is what it's going to do to the existing tablet market. That's going to redefine, you know, the low end. Um, that well, it's, price it's, is what everyone's um, going to have to beat now. It's you know half virtually half the price of what we're paying for an iPad Mini. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, there are definitely differences between uh, between the the offerings, but uh, you know that is for you know for a name brand uh, you know tablet from a you know a real you know major company uh, does set a new uh, a new price point. So uh, we haven't had a play with that yet. So we're looking forward to uh, you know to getting our hands on and, and, and doing so, and we'll uh, we'll report back when we've when we've done that. It's just there's just a sort of thought in the back of my mind where I'm thinking, hmm, what's the catch with that two twenty nine? You know what aren't you getting? Um, well, it has got a lower definition screen yeah. than than uh, than all of the, the you know the pricier ones that we've seen. Yeah. Uh, I think it's one oh two four by six hundred resolution or something like that. Uh, so yeah, it's a bit of a step down, but uh, you know, but it's probably still fine for uh, for a lot of requirements. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, now, Rivera. Now, this is a New Zealand. Um, Cloud hosting or, or server hosting uh, company been around uh, ooh, a few years now. Um, Used to be HDS Hitachi Data Systems um, when I knew them, mm. and um, but they've yeah. sort of reinvented themselves over the last few years, haven't they? They're, they've become a data center, mm. yeah, mm. yeah. Um, and they've just sold to uh, to Telecom New Zealand for uh, ninety seven million dollars, which is a smart move. I mean, it's, it's nice for Rivera to get out of the market um, with some money in your pocket 
um, there's quite a lot of shareholders, I understand. There's about 30 people that own part of the business. Mm. Um, but from telecom, it's a really it's a interesting move from telecom. I mean, there's been a lot going on in their, their space recently. Um, it's, it's a bit bold. But what, one thing it does, it gets um, telecom back onto the government um, panel for infrastructure as a service because they didn't win. Jedi didn't get on that panel. Rivera got a slot. Um, I think IBM got a Mm. slot and Datacom, I think, were the three that got slots. And this should put telecom back on that. There's there's a risk in it for telecom, though. And any time you see any kind of IT services company that gets gets acquired, there's a real problem. Um, Can you retain the things that made that company special? I mean, there's a lot of reasons why people... Would have gone with Rivera. Yeah, I'm struggling to say that <laughs> with Rivera, and not have gone with say Jedi or or someone else. And those reasons have to stay in place. Mm. Well, they've certainly grown yeah. it. You know, grown as a business in recent years, and you would think they now have, you know, some great systems and processes and so on set up. Exactly. And as you say, you know, quite a broad range of uh, range of shareholders. So then they probably the shouldn't lose everyone overnight. No, well, that's the key. I was going to say that's the key. The people, if they've got to retain those mm-hmm. people, because if they don't, then then you know, telecoms bought some real estate and some customers, mm-hmm. which they then have to go back and win. And and the good news is is that telecom, from what I've read today in the papers, telecom are saying that a they're um, keeping the brand name, b they're trying to keep all the people. There's they're not planning to make any of them redundant. Yeah, that's correct. And it's it's going to run as an autonomous unit. So mm. I think they're doing the right thing. Yeah, no, that's, that sounds like a uh, smart move if they can uh, if they can make it work over time. Now, uh, Google Glass has had some interesting um, write-ups in the in the last uh, in the last few days. Now, uh, of course, um, you know this is the um, the how would you describe Google Glass, Bill, to somebody who uh, who doesn't know what it is? And I'm you know I'm sure a, a good portion of our audience have uh, have been watching this one reasonably closely. Oh. Well, it's this, I suppose it's the latest. It's the latest format for computer technology, but it's one which is a, it's wearable. It's um, really about recording. Um, it's I, I, I'm a bit uneasy about the whole idea of it. I mean, I'm not because it looks when you put on Google Glass, it looks like you're putting on a set of glasses, but there's actually just a very small piece of glass which basically gives you that sort of mini mini TV screen. There's a there's, yeah. a, there's a camera. I can't uh, help thinking built of into when, it um, and, and voice recognition, right? But it's not. Oh, uh, Paul, I always I, whenever I see pictures of it, I think of Jean Luc Picard as one of the Borg. <laughs> <laughs> You know where I'm coming from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it, there's a bit of that to it, but the thing yeah. is, ser- seriously, it's it's, um, it's it's turning a lot of heads in the US. There's seed units out, and we're hearing a lot of reports about it, a lot of excitement. But I'm always wary when anything. When, I mean, I mean, I've been writing about technology for a long time. You know, longer than a lot of people listening have probably been alive. And one of the things I, I've learned over that time is when anything's brand new, when you're re- really cutting edge, mm. the first version is not. Where things go, and is that why we've had some of you know some of the feedback that we've you know we've heard in uh, in recent days, which has been uh, you know some of it's been uh, you know somewhat uh, somewhat somewhat negative, uh, and you know in in fact uh, TechCrunch were uh, um, the, the the headline on their, their story about Google Glass uh, they referred to. Uh, um, Google's chairman of the board, Eric Smith, and said, Eric Smith is right. Using Google Glasses is weird. 
uh, and here's my experience, and they you know they yeah. went into went into a piece about the uh, really the, the the negative and the weird things uh, around Google Glass, including uh, you know sharing about uh, somebody that. Uh, had um, contact lenses and he used it for about um, he or she used it for about ten minutes and uh, they were uh, they were in you know some pain or discomfort for an hour after yeah. uh, after that usage. Yeah, look, it's I think it's it's very early stage technology. Um, my gut feeling is I'm not a true believer in this one. I, I'm not saying I think it's going to flop. I don't think it's going to flop. I think it will succeed eventually. Mm. But I've just, I just think that this isn't, this isn't how it's going to go. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, um, I'm a bit conservative about this one, um, uh, and I can't really put my finger on what's wrong with it. But I tell you one thing, it's, it's the ideal toy for a stalker. It's the ideal toy for um, all kinds of voyeurism. Yeah, it's a bit, it's, yeah. there's a bit of a sort of a scary element to it, isn't there? But I think there's been so much, you know, positive buzz about it. We've all yeah. been really excited, and then. As it's now started to go out into the hands of of people to test it, we're now starting to see the sort of the flip side. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's looking as though well, maybe this actually isn't quite as cool as uh, as what we th- as what we thought. Um, now there was an, also an interesting piece. Uh, we heard that um, you know the the rules were that those uh, initial testers weren't uh, weren't going to be allowed to. Uh, uh, to share it with anyone else, and if they did, that Google would uh, remotely, uh, basically turn the uh, Google Glass off. Oh, and that's and, the uh, kind of scariest and, and thing, break of all, it, isn't it? Which, which is which seems really nasty. And then uh, you know, five minutes later, somebody hacked it and said, "Well, look, we've got control over it, so <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter what Google do." And uh, Google quickly turned around, or, or one of one of their uh, guys turned around in a blog post and said, "Oh yeah, we knew that people were going to want to be able to do with it what they want. Um, so of course we left it open so that you could hack it, but didn't sit really line up with them saying, you know, hey, you you even share it with somebody else, and we're going to uh, turn this thing into uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, a piece of technical uh, junk." There's a there's a thing that scares me about Google and their attitude, which is that they really do seem to. I mean, the company seems to want to monitor everything you do all day long, and that's part of why I'm a bit uneasy about this. Um, Google are just a little bit too interested in where I am. I mean, one of the things that I didn't like about the Android phone is just about every app on the phone seems to want to know my location. I mean, why does a game want to know where I am? You know. Um, there's just a little bit too much of that data collection, and I don't know. I'm just a, uh, I get a bit uneasy about mm. Google. I think there's a big audience that doesn't care at all about that stuff, and uh, you know, you've got to realise that you know Google uh, make money out of out of you know out of data and information, and uh, and, and then I, using that to uh, to to sell you stuff. But well, I I've, guess got, I've got one thing to say to those people: go back and watch old episodes of Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> You know where you end up. You become a Cyberman. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, thank you for that word of uh, word of warning, Bill. Um, and to everyone out there listening, uh, yeah, be aware that you don't become the Cyberman. Uh, so uh, yeah, probably enough on on uh, on Google Glass. Now, now, did you um, did you read about this new um, um, beer mug from uh, uh, that? From Budweiser. Now, I'm not sure if they they invented this technology, uh, but uh, there's this new uh, cup that um, I read about on the the Verge, and uh, it makes um, 
uh, basically it's got a little uh, a little chip in there, and when you um, uh, you know toast and uh, and tap tap glasses with somebody else, uh, you become instant friends on Facebook. <coughs> Brilliant marketing, horrible beer. <laughs> Fascinating. It's Fascinating. Do, you, do you think this sort of thing will, will take off, or is this just complete gimmickry? It's a campaign. It's a, it's a, it's a marketing campaign. It's a brilliant marketing campaign. Um, good luck to them. I, you know, I love the idea. Um, you know, th- and this is this is actually what's happening with technology being integrated into marketing. So you know, so often now. Um, and we're seeing some really creative ideas out there. I, I love all that aspect mm, of it. Mm. But do you do you want to share your well, know, data? Do you, you want- know with, with with a girl that you uh, bump into at a bar or a guy that you bump into at a bar, and uh, well, you know you do that, and then suddenly like, oh, whoops, I've actually, yeah. you know. And, and, um, and do you want your boss to know that you're in the bar drinking beers? When you, <laughs> automatic office? Facebook posts and, yeah, and, yeah. All, and all the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where's, where's Bill the soft? Ah, oh, he's in the bar. Yeah. We well, can. I've got an excuse. I'm a journalist. It's what we're supposed to do. But. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Um, yeah, you've always got an answer for these things, haven't you, Bill? <laughs> now, uh, there's been some fascinating figures come through about tablet sales in oh, the last yeah. few days. And uh, one, there's one interesting bit of information that I think maybe hasn't been uh, explore, explored particularly well but what what we're hearing is that um, Android you know sales are really coming along quite strongly uh, in the um, in the tablet market and uh, I guess Apple's iP- iPod, uh, iPad sales in terms of a percentage of the market share uh, are, uh, are falling yeah and of course, we've got a new entrant in uh, in Microsoft with uh, with Windows Eight that have moved in with uh, with a little bit of market share. And apparently, the share's not bad. It's about five percent, I think. Uh, I was reading seven and a half percent was was the wow. um, was the was the figure. So, I mean, it's just a few months in. But what I think has been missed on most of these reports is that. We're now looking at um, at the seven inch tablets. I think growing from uh, um, originally, I th- well, last year I think they were around thirty percent market share, yeah. but that's moving up in the direction of of uh, you know fifty percent of the uh, of the market. And of course, Microsoft don't have Windows eight. Uh, you know, they don't have any form of Windows running on those smaller form factor tablets. So if you look at Microsoft market share actually in the in the larger format uh, tablets, you're probably more looking uh, you know somewhere between uh, you know ten and somewhere between ten and twenty percent. You know, oh, imagine maybe, maybe half. Higher, yeah. You know, maybe maybe halfway in there. Uh, but uh, yeah, for just a few months on the market, I think they would uh, they'd have to be reasonably pleased. I mean, they're, they're still very much the third uh, uh, the third player in that tablet space. They but, are, but, uh, but there's, there's you know, but they but there's just over the same recent period there's been similar reports about the phones as well that they're now definitely the third player it's mm. you know, there's no question that microsoft have moved into that third slot yeah and they it, seem to be sort of growing you know yeah. at you know growing their uh, well their 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 increase in, in market share from a percentage perspective is higher than uh, than the other players now of course yeah. you know the, the android and, and ios have market share to lose now yeah but when you're you know 
twice buckaroo is still buckaroo. Well, yeah, ex- exactly. So, I mean, those guys are still doing, you know, 10 times what uh, what Microsoft yeah. are doing. But, uh, you know, if that if that does continue, then, uh, you know, we probably will end up seeing Microsoft with a, with a reasonable share, yeah. uh, you know, looking two, three, four years out. And that's brilliant for competition. Yeah, apart well, from else. And, and we need to keep the competition going in this space. Yeah, it would when, be a, it'll be a real mess if one player fell out. A three-ring market is a good market. It's, mm. uh, it's where things really happen. So, so it's good from that point of view. It's also it's also interesting that um, I was very interested to see Microsoft's financial results. Now I can't remember them off the top of my head, but what I do know is they were far better than most people were expecting, given the relatively unsuccessful launch of Windows 8 in terms of sales. Mm. Well, that's because you make a hell of a lot more money when you sell a Surface than when you sell a $40 download of an operating system. Mm, mm. So, you know, maybe Microsoft's strategy with all that it entails and all that stuff about the start screen and so on, maybe that was right. Maybe they, you know, perhaps they were clever. <laughs> yeah, I think... Uh yeah, I think it, uh, yeah, I'll be interested to, to to see what happens over over time with uh, with Microsoft's profitability. Uh, I mean, personally, I think Windows Eight is uh, you know is a good product if you can get across the line yeah. on you know on the changes. Uh, but it's whether that they can uh, you know they can convince the broader market of that. Uh, you know that said, and you know past products they've usually eventually got people to uh, you know to to move with uh, with their various changes, and it looks like this uh, uh, you know next update to uh, to Windows 8 due later this year, the Windows Blue version will maybe uh, um, work to appease some of those who haven't liked uh, you know some of the Windows 8 changes. But that's all it is; it's just appeasing them. It's, I mean, the thing is, is that I. Well, I went through the whole cycle of that. I started off thinking, oh, yeah, Windows 8, great new operating system. Love it, love it, love it. Oh, my God, the start button, you know, um, fell out of love with it. Went, I thought, right, I'm going to just, as a thought experiment, go back and try Windows 7. I think I lasted five days before I was back at Windows 8. And now yeah. I think, you know, when it comes to those issues, get over it. But and the, you do have to with with those sort of changes, and I think you yeah. know Microsoft had to go through it when they changed that whole paradigm of you know drop down menus that we yeah. were used to with Office and all apps for the last you know ever since we've had a graphical user interface. So going back twenty years, and then they changed that format to the sort of ribbon format of Office. Yeah. Uh, going back, what was that about six years ago? I've never minded that because you can hide ribbon quite easily. Mm, mm. So I've never been worried about that. But what I what I what I think is is that I think. Well, I was going to say that the, the, the thing that was the real, you know, the real wake-up moment for me was when I sat down and spent some real time with a Windows 8 tablet. And I just thought, it's actually really damn good. Really good. And it makes it less painful going back and getting the mouse and thinking, oh, God, how do I open the charms again? You know, et cetera. Mm. But um, I, I'm, I'm sold on it now. I wouldn't move back. I wouldn't go back. So my question is, where where's Apple's place in this world? Because we we see, ah. um, you know, the word the word is from Intel, um, and of course a lot of the smaller laptops carry that um, uh, the Intel Ultrabook branding, and yeah. Intel have changed the rules for the next version of Ultrabook uh, that you know that that rolls out later this year. Uh, to be an Ultrabook, you have to have a touch screen. Uh, so that becomes now a requirement for the Ultrabook category. So that means touchscreens will become very much just the norm. 
whereas you know we've got Apple who have taken a, a different approach to you know have your iPad and that's got a touch screen but if you're using a MacBook it doesn't and we've got a, a user interface that's not designed for that uh, are you expecting Apple to really bring these worlds together in, in some way like Microsoft have or do you think uh, they're going to really um, you know stick to their guns or is there some sort of you know halfway point where uh, you know there will be touch screens on the next uh, mm. you know maybe a next generation of uh, of MacBooks or you'll be able to pull the screen off and it suddenly turns into uh, you know the screen turns into an iPad and just runs iPad apps or you got any picture on where that could yeah, go? Yeah, my guess is that the touchscreen will come on the um, iMac first. I, that's just my sort of gut feeling that I think that'll be easiest to um, implement. But no, you see, think I think the thing is, Paul, is we're back to this business of the three ring circus with competition. And they're all sort of all these the three big players are feeling their way. They're trying things out, and that's just brilliant. I mean, we went to the Zeus thing last week where they had a whole load of new kit, and they had like every conceivable combination of touch screens and there were some pretty unusual ones, weren't there? Like like yeah. the big uh, was it the eighteen inch yeah, uh, detachable screen all in one that you can detach the screen, and you've yep. got an eighteen inch tablet that runs android or you press a button in it and it's wirelessly uh yeah it looks as though it's become a windows tablet but you're wirelessly controlling the pc across the room you see and what i think touch has done is it's it's freed us of the idea of it of a computer being a keyboard a mouse and a screen um you know that sort of traditional format and the and the the, the designers are playing with the formats and what's going to happen is two or three of the two or three of these designs are going to stick and we're going to, you know, maybe more than two or three. But the great thing is, is that is that we're actually seeing some innovation. I mean, for 15 years, the PC barely changed apart from getting faster, you know, more resolution, more memory and so on. And now suddenly things are changing really fast. I mean, we were talking earlier about Google Glasses. Hmm. And we've got a lot of motion control yeah. type thing, you know, and things well, going on. Connect and, and so on. And, and so there's a, there's a lot happening. We're hmm. seeing some real innovation. The longer we have a three-ring competitive circus, the more we're going to see of that. Mm-hmm. And, that and I think that's the key. Is One of the reasons why we're getting so much competition now is because for a long time, Microsoft had the market to itself. It didn't need to innovate to, to, you know, to win business. Now they've all got it. They've all really got to come up with something new every year. I mean, well, everyone got, performs a bit better when there's, uh, you know, when there's competition yeah, beating down the, your door and stealing, stealing all your customers. What's right? happened to the Apple share price because they didn't announce a watch or they didn't announce a TV or whatever? And it's, I mean, in some ways, that's a ridiculous response, mm, but mm. it's because the, the the bar is now so much higher for the for the competition. Mm, mm. Yep, I think we've got some fun fun times ahead. Um, and uh, Leap Motion is one of the uh, one of those uh, gesture uh, products. Hoping that it won't be too far off before we can get our hands on uh, uh, on that one. And that's the one that uh, you know sits under your um, under your screen and allows you to sort of gesture uh, gesture at it. And they've just recently done a deal with HP, uh, which may mean we'll end up seeing uh, a lot of HP machines with this. Uh, uh, you know, gesture control uh, technology, uh, you know, built in. So uh, yeah, it'll be fascinating what comes of uh, of that collaboration. Uh, but I think that just about uh, just about brings us to the end of uh, schedule. A couple of more things to uh, uh, to run through before we sign off. Now we've had uh, the uh, announcement from uh, from Microsoft that uh, May the twenty first in the US or May the twenty second here uh, will be the big reveal date for the next uh, Xbox. Uh, and there's uh, lots of bits and pieces uh, of information sort of starting to uh, uh, 
to flow about that in uh, in, in terms of rumours and uh, and so on. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll certainly be watching that one. But there's a lot of inf- a lot of good information uh, uh, online if you you know if you're really keen to uh, read about this. Uh, Paul Thorot's put put up um, a lot of info that's being referred to by others on his winsupersite.com. Uh, so if you're uh, interested in uh, in the gaming and, and set top box uh, area, then that's uh, that's well worth a look. Uh, was, there, was there anything that sort of jumped out uh, to you, Bill, from uh, you know from the info that you read there? One one thing I noticed was uh, you know there's still uh, talk of it being uh, um, you know you need to have it connected to the internet to uh, uh, to use it. Yeah, that might work against them. I think what happened with SimCity. Um, but the, the, the flip side of that is apparently you'll be able to start playing games before they fully downloaded, which is which is nice. The um, the thing that stood out for me was Connect is no longer an add-on; it just becomes a standard part of yeah. the product. So yeah. that's uh, that's just something that they work in. And, and I guess when you think about it, uh, you know, if you if you bundle that from the get-go, it, it probably doesn't cost them that much to actually. You know, make this little yeah. web camera. You know, well, it's a bit more than a web camera, but, but uh, bill of parts. You know, fifteen dollars. Yeah, yeah, and they're talking about it. Maybe I think not having that movement that it has at the yeah. moment. So it's got that motor. Uh, you know, which makes it a bit more fragile and probably a bit more expensive to make and so on. So uh, that sounds good. Hopefully, you know, higher definition uh, Blu-ray player uh, built in seems to be uh, seems to be accepted that that'll be the case and custom hardware. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, but there's word that the, you know it's going to share a um, certainly some core elements with uh, with Windows 8, which would be interesting from a, uh, a software uh, you know development point. I mean, we've got Windows Phone now, which shares uh, core elements from uh, from from Windows uh, 8, and uh, you know we've got the Surface devices and so on. I guess Microsoft um, wanting to make it as easy as possible uh, for people to develop for their uh, their platform. So if they uh, you know, share some elements across the phones, the tablets, uh, and uh, you know, the gaming console. That um, you know, that might just make it a little bit easier for uh, for things to be available across the board. That's always been Microsoft's strength is um, supporting developers. So, well, there's quite a few uh, quite a few of them out there still. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm sure that's going to uh, I'm sure that's going to help them. Uh, now, uh, last up was the uh, the Galaxy S4 launched in New Zealand on uh, on Saturday morning. Um, as we had uh, had heard, there were very few uh, devices available in New Zealand and um, and in other countries around the uh, around the world. So they pretty much all. Uh, uh, sold out within uh, within moments from what we uh, what we heard. Um, I guess somewhat difficult for uh, for Samsung to get themselves geared up for uh, for this launch, and maybe they were just running a little bit a uh, little bit behind, fixing some glitches or something. But uh, yeah, it seems they were, the the stocks were uh, were really really tiny. Unless they fail to anticipate the demand, which I can't believe. Actually, well, the sort of the fe- the feedback I heard from various segments was that that. Yeah, they just didn't deliver the stock that um, that yeah. carriers w- would have liked. Um, you know, not just in New Zealand. This seemed to be an international, uh, you know, trend. So, but I'm glad some came to New Zealand. I mean, in the past when that's happened, we get dropped off the list. Yeah, I think. I mean, Samsung have probably been, a, um, you know, have have treated New Zealand uh, maybe on a more of a level f- playing field than we have seen from some uh, some. Other uh, other vendors, uh, I know. Yeah. Uh, you know, we uh, we had a situation. Was it the iPhone four? Where uh, uh, in New Zealand, sort of didn't seem to uh, didn't seem to get uh, stock yeah. quite when expected. 
so yeah, there were there were definitely some logistic challenges, I guess, there from a manufacturing perspective and so on. Uh, but uh, you know, no doubt the uh, the Galaxy S four is is going to uh, is going to sell uh, uh, extremely well. And um, you know, I think as well, um, you know, we're probably going to see well some some um, some reasonably strong results from uh, from the competition and what uh, Sony and HTC are doing uh, as well. So uh, yeah, it's good good to see strong competition. But uh, Samsung certainly putting a lot into the software side, uh, and some um, details leaked that there's likely to be a sort of a waterproof and more um, you know rugged version of the S4 coming out uh, possibly within a couple of months. So. Uh, um, that may hold a few people back who uh, who want that uh, that sort of uh, robustness and the waterproof uh, uh, you know yeah. capability that we you know we see uh, you know for instance that waterproof um, uh, you know uh, Sony Xperia Z product uh, attracting quite a lot of attention uh, for I've, that I've, reason. I've fa- I found the um, Samsung phones are just not quite as robust as some of the others as well. So. Um. You're yeah, not supposed to throw them across the room, though, Bill. No, but my Nokia can stop bullets. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right, well, well, that's it. That wraps us up for, uh, for this week. So thanks, everybody, for, uh, uh, for listening, and we'll be back with an episode again uh, next week. See ya. Cheers. 